0: The Eternity Podcast Network. Eternitypodcasts.com.au
1: I'm Brett Farrell, and in this series, I've been talking to fathers to see how they navigate this thing called fatherhood. And yet one of my kids wants nothing to do with God. Wants nothing to do with God. In this episode, I speak to Pastor Jack Haynes, an American expat and military man who's married to Carol. Over 30 years ago, they left America to start a church in the western suburbs of Sydney, Australia. Together, they pastor Imaginations Church. Is there anything you've observed with your own family or having seen, you know, pastored many, many, many families over your lifetime that you you see, you think, you know what, that kind of parenting will work and this kind of parenting won't? Any observations? This this is a really um,
0: deep question, I think. Because you can have uh, good, godly parents who've raised kids right, and yet still those kids
1: have uh, been a huge disappointment to those parents. Jack and Carol have three children, one son and two daughters, and four grandchildren, all from Joelle, their youngest daughter. And they haven't given up hope on a few more. I've often
0: said grandkids are the reward for getting older because just about every part of getting older
1: sucks.
0: (laughs) Jack reflects on life's choices, children and change. If you were to ask me the question, do you have any regrets as a father? I would say yes.
1: Is there anything you've observed with your own family or having seen, you know, pasted many, many, many families over your lifetime that you, you see you think, you know, that kind of parenting will work and this kind of parenting won't any observations you know i guess you have two choices
0: you can grow older and grow bitter you know i've seen some real cranky old codgers really like unpleasant or you can grow older like a like a
1: fine wine i'm brett farrell and this is fatherhood pastor jack thanks for joining us today and talking about not only fatherhood but grandfatherhood. <laughs> well, it's a it's a pleasure, Brett. Thank you for asking me. Now, I couldn't have picked anyone better for the topics we need to cover today. What is it about being a grandparent that you do things with your grandkids that just drive your kids nuts? Why do grandparents do that? <laughs> uh, maybe it's uh, payback is a bear. I
0: don't know. <laughs> now, see, I'm I'm, I'm really... Uh, stumped here that you're starting off with what I know the least about and that's about being a grandparent. I've often said grandkids are the reward for getting older because just about every part of getting older sucks but (laughs) but grandkids they make it they make the sore knees that you know the 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 bad back the, the blurred vision they make it just all worthwhile. I don't know what it is but there's something about seeing your life your children's life in the life of those kids, those grandkids, and uh, it's pretty special. But yeah, it is kind of good, you know, to, uh, oh no, don't do that, they've never done that
1: before. Uh, Excuse me, they have actually done that before, because <laughs> yeah. I took them and we did that. <laughs> but how does, how does it work? What, what's the emotion like when you find out you're going to be a grandparent for the first time? Is there any parallel to finding out you're going to be a father? That's a great question. I. Uh, you know, being a father was, like, traumatic
0: almost, uh, wonderful. Finding out I was going to be a grandparent was ecstatic. There was almost It was almost like all the joy of being a parent without all of the
1: gulp uh, involved in it. Yeah, all joy, no accountability. <laughs> As a dad, <laughs> where your kids are now, is that what you hoped for them would be? I mean, uh, let's be honest, we've all got hopes for our kids, and we all hope they might do certain things a certain way. What's that look like? Does it work out how you hope? You know, I think for us, I try to look at it
0: not just in the moment, but over the long, uh, the bigger picture. And uh, there have been some amazing ups and downs and uh, their own life situations. But we love them, we're, we're close. Uh, and uh, it, in some ways, it's almost like I've got this little thing in the back of my mind that says,
1: there's more of this wonderful adventure to come fatherhood doesn't stop once they turn 18 or 21. I haven't even begun to think about them growing up and one day having children. Most of us are likely to be in Jack's position with grown-up kids and one day when that comes, have we done enough to prepare them? I've got younger kids so I'm still trying to figure this out. When with your older kids do you kind of step back a little bit? I mean you you do the work, you mould, you shape, you guide, you pray, you hope, you yell, you scream, all, all of the above, at what point do you step back and say, okay, over to you? That's a great question, and it's it's more than at what point, it's
0: at what points, because I think that's something you have to do a lot. You have to step back a lot and say, okay, oh, over to you, over to you. Uh, yeah, there's probably a, a time when you're thinking, now mate, you know, you're, you're an adult, and I love you, I trust you, I'm cheering for you, I'm in your corner. But I find now through the years, there's many times, I don't know, I just I, I keep taking things back and I have to keep releasing things. Okay. Even now when they're, I guess, adults, they're not, I mean, they'll always be your kids, but they're. It's they're funny grown because, up now. yeah, my, my, all of my kids now are in their 30s. They are adults, and yet it's, it's just so easy for me to see little
1: faces when I look into their face. Wow. I, as a dad myself, I'm worried that. I'll try my best to guide my kids in in good things, encourage them in good ways, but they'll make their own decisions, which might frustrate me a little bit. How do we cope with that as dads, though? Like when you see there could have been a better decision.
0: Well, I, I guess in some ways our kids are no different than us when we were kids, are they? I mean, uh, and they are going to make decisions. I think the best you can do as a dad for your kids is to love them, believe in them, uh, believe that when it's all said and done, that even if they've made a bad turn or done something that grieves you or or disappoints you, that uh, God has a big, big view. And sometimes even the bad things can end up becoming turning into things that lead to real growth in their life.
1: I find that letting go is easier as they get older, giving them space to make their own choices and watching them learn and grow. At least these days, they can express what they think, even if in shrugs and grunts. Have you had that moment where you've sat back, perhaps you've been nervous, anxious for one of the kids, and you see... I guess, the growth moment come out of something which you were a bit worried about? Yeah. One of my daughters, when she was in high
0: school, she was going through a real difficult time. Her and I clashed one evening over the, over the meal, and she just really ticked me off. You know, I, I got so mad. And by the way, let me just say, if you were to ask me the question, do you have any regrets as a father? I would say yes. And my main regret would be the times I became angry. I regret those times. I regret ever becoming angry. Terrible thing, really, because uh, I'm so mad at her now. I don't even remember, I don't think, what what we were fighting about, just how her attitude just really made me angry. I hate to say this, but I actually swore at her. And I don't do that. I don't swear at all. But I, I think I said damn or something to her in anger. And she just looked at me and her eyes got really, really big, like my dad, my pastor, I went into the living room and I sat there just so angry. And then all of a sudden, I was so ashamed. And I thought, Why did I let this go? So how did did I, how did I let myself get like this? And I felt like there was a rip between me and her that may be irreparable. It just seemed like one of those moments. And as I just sat there and prayed and shook like a leaf, I was so angry. And now I was so embarrassed. And and um, by God's grace. I, uh, within 20 minutes I think, I knocked on her door and she opened her door and I asked her to forgive me. I asked her to forgive me for being so angry. I asked her to forgive me for letting this go and swearing and, and doing, you know. And you know, in, in that moment, <clears throat> she forgave me. She cried. I cried. I hugged her. She hugged me. I, th- I often wonder, what would have happened if I had to just let that go? If I'd have just let her go into a room and stew, and I would have gone my way and stewed, I just wonder how deep, because,
1: you know, she was probably 16. How many times have we let things stew for way too long? What does it matter? Who was right? Who was wrong? It's not that I won't get frustrated, impatient, or angry. It's that I'm the adult, and I need to master my emotions and pick my battles. Do you know this topic, fatherly anger, it's come up in every father I've spoken to as a, as a regret, as a wish I'd handled it differently, as have shrugged off as a fact of life bound to happen. Of course it is, we're all human. But I'm just moved to now ask, how can we get better so that we don't? Because I know I'll be sitting at that table and have sat at that table and there's that age coming. Well, you can feel it ready now. And I reckon if I don't have some strategies, and I think other guys don't have strategies, how are we going to cope with this? Or are we just going to have to live with the regret? Because that's the outcome, right?
0: Right. You may have answered the question yourself right there, Brad, because it's the outcome. It's not the moment. What's the outcome going to be? And the outcome may be that my daughter and I, or my son and I, or whoever you know is involved... We may get further and further apart over an issue because I'm not going to give an inch. Mm. Well, guess what? When you're 15 or 16, you're not going to give an inch either. But for you and me, it's more surface, I think, and it's because it's a temporal angle But for a kid, a, a, a teenager, that's going to go way deeper. It's going to last a lot longer. It's going to stay where you and I might be able to get over it and probably in a few days not even hardly remember. Mm. It's interesting that your kids can tell you stories as adults that are very significant to them that you don't even remember. Really? I've had this happen to me over and over again. I've had my kids talk about something and to them it's quite obviously. Now they're adults and they're bringing it up and I swear I can't even remember the situation or the encounter. So that being said, some things are gonna go much deeper in them. Mm. And I think when you find yourself in that anger moment, the very thing you said, as this could end in regret, obviously, okay? Yeah. So if that's the case, I need to think, they're not gonna think that. They're not thinking five or 10 years from now, they're just they're just a teenager. Mm. But you, you have the capacity to see further and to think further. And so because of that, and because of the fact that this is gonna go much, much deeper in her or, or in him, that's where really I think the most responsibility's got to be on us. And we've got to help them to not Yes, look, there's legitimate things that we need to correct. There's legitimate things that we need to make right. And I don't I don't regret anything that I've tried to make right. It's just I do regret sometimes trying to make it right just out of a absolute spit the dummy, yell and scream anger. I mean, what what are you thinking? What, what is that going to accomplish? What would that do in a marriage? What, what does that do in any relationship? What makes a father, father better I think is a deep deep sense of um, humility and um, selflessness. You know anger when I've got every time I got angry at my kids in some ways it was just so selfish because instead of taking the time to talk to walk this through, Talk this through. No, I'm frustrated now. I'm angry now. I'm trying to deal with this and fix this, as it were, in a moment. You're not fixing it, but trying to do all that in a moment. It takes more thought than that. It takes more depth than that, and um, it takes humility. Really, I think to raise kids and let them feel loved. When you don't want to love them, you want to choke them. Yeah. (laughs) Not not physically, but (laughs) sometimes it's physical. I'll leave that to you. (laughs) I was going to say I'd hate to say that out loud.
1: Jack and I may joke about it, but tempers can get out of hand. Actions boil over. And sometimes things happen that we wished hadn't. When you apologised in the story you were just recounting about that time with your daughter over the dinner table, was it difficult to go and apologise?
0: Let me just say, Brett, that I I didn't apologise. I asked her to forgive me. There is just such a a difference because I think to apologize is to say, I'm sorry. And I think she could look at me and say, you got it. You are one sorry dude. See, I don't think apologizing is really, uh, I don't think there's much to it. I'm sorry. What does that mean? I'm sorry I got caught. I'm sorry you saw me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that, we're, that you're not happy. I'm sorry. And I, I've just, years ago, I learned <clears throat> in my marriage actually that uh, I'm sorry just puts a band aid over something. It doesn't fix anything. It doesn't heal anything. It doesn't release anything. As a matter of fact, it doesn't even require a response. She didn't even have to say anything. I'm sorry. I didn't ask it. It's just a statement. But I, <clears throat> I went to her. And I said, I'm so wrong on how I just reacted and responded to you. So proud, so wrong to be so angry. And I ask, would you forgive me? Now that's different.
1: But it's still hard to hard. say, right?
0: It's, it's, it's like dying on a cross, hard. But here's the beauty of it. The more you do it, the less you want to do it. Therefore, you change your behavior because it'll get you, it'll bring you right back here if you don't change your behavior to this place where you've got to ask for forgiveness again Mm. and it'll gut you to ask for forgiveness. It it just takes, it'll humiliate you to pieces. All right? Well, then don't do it again.
1: (laughs) If the man of God gets angry, what hope do I have? Or any of us? Humility is the key, and that's hard. And that's what a lot of us, me included, need to practice. But admitting your wrongs and asking for forgiveness, <laughs> well, that's a game changer. Is there anything you've observed with your own family or having seen, you know, pastored many, many, many families over your lifetime that you, you see you think, you know what, that kind of parenting will work and this kind of parenting will won't any observations
0: this one's this is a really um deep question i think because you can have uh, good godly parents who've raised kids right and yet still those kids have um, been a huge disappointment to those parents here's kind of how i think about that i was raised in a non-christian alcoholic multi-marriage environment. I'm the oldest of six children. My mother was 15 years old when I was born. Wow. And she had six kids by the time she was like 23 or 24. Hard life, tough life, and later in life, full alcoholic, married seven times, domestic violence, abuse, probably, Brett, if you could name it, it's happened in uh, my family. And yet... In the midst of that, as a 10-year-old boy, I found Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. My parents never took me to church. My parents never encouraged any kind of Christian, no prayer, no Bible, no, nothing. We were just, I was raised in a blue-collar, hard-working, stepdad scenario. But I found Christ uh, because some neighbors took me to Sunday school once, and there I met Jesus and so i i realized that in that setting you would think no one would turn out um you know uh in a a fairly stable condition and yet i did so now i reverse that situation so now carol and i were raising our own children and um they see us carol and i i don't think they ever saw us uh, fight, domestic, anything like that. They've, I'm sure you know they saw us un- unhappy and things, but 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 they never really saw us have a fight. They we raised, we prayed together, we took to church, and yet one of my kids wants nothing to do with God. Wants nothing to do with God, and so he, here's kind of what I think. I think when it's all said and done, no matter what the environment, no matter what the situation. Kids are gonna make up their own mind. They're gonna make up their own mind. And they're either gonna do right because they want to, or they're not gonna do right because they want to. And I think some parents carry the guilt. Maybe we should have done this more or done that more. And yet I go back and think, wait a minute. When I was six, seven years old, I was learning to call the cops to come and stop the domestic violence that was happening in our home. You know, life and death scenarios and situations. And yet I found Jesus, I found life, I found stability in the midst of instability. And here you can have someone raised in a very solid, loving, never seen anything like that, never even experienced anything like that in their life, and yet they want to walk away and do their own thing. So I think we do all we can. We love our children, we serve them, we bless them, we pray for them, we let them know, we, we accept them. We do everything we can to encourage them. But when it's all said and done, brother, we are gonna find that people are gonna make up their own minds. Did your
1: oldest child tell you that, listen, Dad, thanks for all the Christianity, but I'm out? Or was it more over time you noticed a
0: withdrawing? It was both, the withdrawing first.
1: Yeah. What's that feel like as a father, not as a pastor, as a father?
0: Well, again, you have to think, is this my fault? You know, you, you, you come to those those thoughts. Maybe Did you I, work
1: through that? Did you make an assessment?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We've worked through that. And, um, oh, I could have been... And again, the, what I could have been was less angry. You know, as I again, I look back on my life and when my kids were little, they would see me sometimes just get angry. Now, I mean, I don't mean violent. I just mean angry. And uh, so there's, those are the kind of regrets that I spoke of earlier.
1: No matter what you do, it's clear that the type of father you are or the values and culture you want to instill aren't any guarantees of success. The best you can do, it seems to me, is love them. Create the best home you can, guide them while you still have the chance, and then step back. And watch them. Watch them create their own path in the world, and hope that they remember most of the good that you gave them. Well, what would you tell any father who's listening? And if it's, this is the only part they really tuned into and really zoned in on, you wanted any father anywhere in the world to hear this something your, that you know is true? Here's what I'm going to tell you that's
0: true. And you're you're not even gonna believe me, but I'm gonna tell you it's true as God is my witness. They'll be gone in a minute. They'll be out of the house in a minute. And so mate, whatever you're gonna sow into them, whatever time you're going to give them, whatever quality impartation you're gonna do, I'm telling you right now, you think, oh, these kids, are they ever going to grow up? Oh, these kids, are they ever going to quit crying? Oh, these kids, are they ever going to quit being a mess? Well, let me answer you. Yes, and it's almost instantly. The, the one thing in my life that I almost feel cheated of, and I'm very careful when I say this, I almost feel cheated is how fast my kids were gone. It's like I had them. We moved to Australia, we started pioneering, and the next thing I know, they were adults. God doesn't owe me anything. But if there was anything I ever felt maybe that God had shortchanged me on, was how fast my kids grew up. And I wished it wouldn't go have gone so fast. I feel like I could have done better things. I just never got to it. I just never implemented some things. Yeah. And so this is the God's truth. If it doesn't feel like it when they're kids, it doesn't feel like it when they're there. It feels like this is the rest of your life. It's not the rest of your life. It is a brief moment in your life. So mate, mate, don't don't let it
1: don't let it slip. Would the Jack who's sitting here today, if you took him back to the dinner table and your daughter was sixteen at that same night, what would Jack today have done that Jack back then didn't? i think i would have
0: listened instead of spoke you know i'm very adamant with what i feel very adamant with what i think and but this particular daughter we're so alike that it's dangerous and uh, i think that she deserved uh, the respect uh, of a young woman and um, i didn't give it because i felt i deserved the respect of her father i hope I hope, I'm just all I can say is I hope that the man that would sit at that table if it was me right now and that was her that I wouldn't just see this mad moment of, you know, badness, but that I would see how precious she is and how the joy she is to me and, and uh, what a beautiful person she is and and help her through this problem instead of add to it.
1: As dads, we want to guide and train them. But Jack is making me look back from a child's perspective. Their world today is one that I never had. None of us has. And we should try to understand it and we should try to be the solution. They won't always agree with us. And that's hard with matters so central to who we are. My child
0: has to make up their own mind. It's a heartache, of course, because for me, you know, my faith is like my core. It's like my life. It's like so much of my life flows out of my faith. Mm. And here's a child that I love with all of my heart that's not connected to that part of me at all, which is like the biggest part of me. And, uh, and so, but we've, we've learned. The other thing we learned to do is not beat ourselves up for a decision that they make as young adults, okay, okay. a decision that they made. And so what is the answer to that question? Individual choice, individual decisions.
1: It sounds like over the years, and I'm talking from when the kids were young, right through to as we sit here today, that you've softened. It feels to me like you've softened. But sitting here today, what's changed you? Is it those events that happen with your kids or is it other things? I do believe
0: that my life has changed. I believe I've changed. And I think... You know, I guess you have two choices. You can grow older and grow bitter. You know, I've seen some real cranky, old codgers, really, like, unpleasant. Or you can grow older like a, like a fine wine. I think you have a choice. And as you grow older like that, you grow older with more value and more insight and more to offer and more love and more tenderness. And uh, my goal is to be more... More like Jesus. You know, I, I read a quote the other day. Um, I think it was from Bob Goff. And uh, he said, You know, we're always trying to become better versions of ourselves. But what we really need to do is to become a replication of Jesus. And that sticks in my heart a bit. I think less of me and more of him is going to produce a better me
1: all the way around. The more I spoke with Jack, The more this was about a man looking back at his own fatherhood and not being a grandfather. He's at a life stage where he has some perspective, and when you get down to it, that's what all this is about – becoming better fathers. Perhaps there's something in Jack's idea of modelling God the Father rather than incremental versions of ourselves who still need to resolve anger issues. Let's not grow old and bitter – I much prefer a fine wine anyway, and like wine, It takes time and patience to get it right, to deliver and create something that was worth waiting for. You must have, over the years, told a few pretty bad dad jokes. (laughs) Do you want to share any? No, but did you hear about the butcher who backed
0: into his meat grinder? He got a little behind in his business.
1: Oh, (laughs) thank you, Pastor Jack, everyone. (laughs) This is the last episode in this series of Fatherhood, Thank you for joining me as we heard from fathers, expanded our dad skills and together navigated more of our way through fatherhood. Thank you to the show's producer and editor, my wife, Loretta Farrell, it's been a journey, and to Jack for speaking to me in between services on a Sunday. I'm Brett Farrell and this is Fatherhood.
0: You've been listening to the Eternity Podcast Network. EternityPodcasts